Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for any of my special guests or my co-hosts on this radio show, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can give me a call at Steve B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating the congregation in your area, Please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in the word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my special guest speaker on the program, Brian C. Jones, and my co-host, Isa Mullins, as they break unto our listeners the bread of life. And also my uh, special guest in the community corner, Brian C. Jones, as he serves our communities with his various talents and gifts, as he uplifts our neighbors. We pray that you will bless them and their families that support their efforts as well. Father, we pray that you will be with our listeners who are tuning in this broadcast via Blog Talk Radio, as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, and that they may consider their eternal stance before you, and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. For without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you would forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And we have been faithful unto death. Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. In the first segment of the broadcast, my special guest speaker is Brian C. Jones. He serves as the evangelist with the Newburgh Church of Christ there in Louisville, Kentucky. And in the community corner, we got uh, Brian C. Jones pulling double duty with us this evening. We certainly appreciate him being on the show tonight. He has written a new book entitled The Art of Soul Winning. He's going to discuss 
that new book with us in that segment of the Community Corner. And then to close out the show, my co-host, Isa Mullins. He serves with the Helen, Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. He'll be making this proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show after the break. And this one should be that of my special guest speaker, Brian C. Jones. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. It ain't easy. No. Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord. Sometimes it gets rough. So rough, so rough. Sometimes it gets tough for me Has anybody been lonely All by yourself Has anybody been sad Broken hearted and sad Have you even been there
listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my special guest speaker, Brian C. Jones, and his subject, Jesus Christ. Thank you, thank you so much, Brother Butler, for this opportunity to share with the world and the listening audience on what a word from the Lord. Certainly gracious to you and your family and your ministry and your congregation for this uh, awesome privilege and paramount opportunity to be able to share God's holy and divine word tonight. We certainly bring you greetings here uh, from the Newburgh Church of Christ here in cold but beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. And we're absolutely excited and even elated to be with you on this broadcast tonight. Uh, As again, our our title to tonight's uh, teaching is simply uh, Jesus the Christ. It was September 3rd, 1997, when I began walking with the Lord, when God blessed me to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of my sins in Greenwood, South Carolina, at the Southside Church of Christ by the late Hosey Bird, Jr. And, beloved, since that time, since I've been walking with the Lord, I have come to much more so appreciate Jesus far more than what I knew about him at the point of my salvation. So I wanted to start tonight by simply telling you that your walk with Jesus Christ is a lifetime walk. It is a walk where you're going to constantly learn. That's why I want to encourage you to be a lifelong learner, because as you matriculate and mature as a child of God, you're going to know so much more about Jesus Christ to the point where you're going to want to shout his name and share his name with any and every person to whom the Lord blesses you to come in contact with. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that Humanity has some common needs. All of us need love. All of us need forgiveness. All of us, beloved, need grace and mercy, and we all need peace, and we all need hope. I've come tonight to tell you that all of those characteristics and attributes are found in the person of Jesus Christ. And with all of these people who have contracted COVID-19 and those who have lost their life to this uh, perilous, painful, pitiful pandemic that has now taken 839,000 people just in the U.S. and 5.5 million people throughout the world, I think it's high time for us to seriously be concerned and give some thought to our salvation and where we are going to spend eternality in. Now, beloved, all of those things that I forementioned are found in Jesus Christ. And what I've learned as I have sojourned on this earth is that the Bible teaches and tells us in John chapter number one and verse number one, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John, this powerful theologian, uh, drops into our uh, spiritual uh, mind this powerful understanding that before the world was, Jesus existed. Before the beginning began, it, it already had the person of Jesus. And I need you to know that when he uses the powerful word 
word in terms of our English translation, that word word comes from a Greek word called logos. And logos is interesting because uh, it, it, it derives from where we get the English word logo. So the word logos, uh, referring to Jesus, is a powerful word that denotes that Jesus is the embodiment of a concept. Jesus is the human manifestation of God. Jesus is God wrapped in flesh. Though he was 100% man in his humanity, Jesus is 100% God. Now, you find the concept and the appreciation for Jesus when you rendezvous back to the beginning uh, in Genesis chapter number one and Genesis chapter number two. You'll find the man, Adam, who was created by God. For the word of God says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 7 uh, that the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Child of God, I need you to know on tonight that we are a trichotomy. Yes, we are a body spirit and soul. God formed man's body from the dust of the ground, fashioned a man. And when he fashioned and formed the man, the Bible says he breathed into his nostrils, which is God's wind, God's spirit, God's breath. And then the Bible says man became a living soul. The soul is the real you. The soul is the you that laughs. The soul is the you that cries. The soul is the real you that has human emotions like Uh, happiness and sadness. It is your own specific human DNA and your own human personality. The interesting part about mankind being a trichotomy is that when God calls a person home, God takes back that breath that he breathed into man's nostrils that goes back to God. The body to whom God created for mankind goes back to dust, and the soul will live forever. Uh, The question is where? And that soul will live in eternity. Eternity. So if the soul is going to live forever, and the soul is the real you, and the soul is the you that can feel and can understand emotion and intellect and uh, understands uh, life, then that causes us to at least contemplate the question, if I know that my soul has to stand before God, and God has given us a powerful book called the Bible, in which God has written down uh, his inspired word on the pages of inspiration by holy men of God, uh, not of their own interpretation, but God has breathed his word into the spirit of mankind, which has been recorded for us. It causes us to at least contemplate the question, is my soul safe? Because everybody, according to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 22, has an appointment with death. You won't miss your appointment because it is impossible to miss it because when God calls a person, he calls a person. Now, it's a shame, beloved, to flunk an open book test when you already have, watch this, the answer. So you don't have to look for answers when you know that God is the answer. And the return of Jesus Christ in his coming will be, watch this, a pop quiz test over your life. And so because it's going to be a pop quiz because you don't know uh, and I don't know when Jesus Christ is going to return. So that means that we have to be uh, a prepared people for where we are going to spend eternity. Now let me remind you tonight that God is indeed a strategist because when God created mankind, 
before he created mankind, the Bible teaches and tells us that God created uh, plants, and then God created animals. This is in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And then God created humanity. You may say, well, well, how in the world would God create humanity last? Because God is a strategist, and God is an intelligent designer, because God knew that if he was going to create uh, humanity, that humanity would need animals for food and poll- uh, pollination. And then he couldn't create animals without creating plants first. So because if he created animals before he created plants, then the animals would not have anything to survive on and live off of. Amen, somebody. So God created plants and vegetation and condensation and gravity and oxygen and all those things. And then he created animals. Then he created humanity. Why, Brother Jones? Because God is indeed a strategist. And that's why God uh, lets us know that we need a strategy in the body of Christ, the church of Christ, because God knew that when he created man, that he needed to have a strategy because man was going to have an issue. And the issue that mankind had is the fact that man was tempted by the devil, Satanus, uh, the accuser of the brethren, uh, our adversary. And though Adam himself, the first man, was not deceived, it was his wife Eve who was uh, deceived. And since Eve was deceived, she convinced Adam to go against the word of God. Because you Bible readers know and understand clearly and can articulate that God told the man Adam, you can eat off of any tree of the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. So what God did as a loving God and a kind God and an awesome God, a creative God, is he gave mankind a choice. He gave mankind options. And I want to remind some of you on tonight that options have always been an example of God's grace. I'm reminded of the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020, uh, in 2020, when we had to begin to look at processes and procedures to shut down our buildings because the pandemic got so bad that people were dropping off like flies. And I'm reminded that we had to shut down everything, and everything was shut down. You couldn't buy toilet tissue. You can barely buy groceries. And what happened was people began to start asking questions like, what happens um, in a pandemic? What happens when people die? Because people kept dying all over the place. And what God had to do is strip and remove the options. Because when God gave us options, we were not coming to church as we should as a whole. When God gave us options, we put the job uh, before the salvation. When God gave us options, we put the business and the football game and the basketball game and the gym and the gymnastics and all of the sporting events. And we put all of that stuff before God. So what are you doing, God? I'm allowing a pandemic, not because God necessarily calls it, but we don't know whether or not God calls it. But what we do know is that God allowed it. And God allowed a pandemic. And I believe he helped us see that at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to matter in this world of sin is did you know Jesus? Because when Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, God gave them all of these trees that were good for beauty and good for food. But the very one tree that God prohibited because God gave them an option to to eat off of that tree if they wanted to when the tree of life was in the same garden. So what happens is a devil trick that I want to share with you on tonight. What the devil does, beloved, is the devil gets us, according to John, 1 John 2.16, 
He uses the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He uses the same three tricks that he uses on us that he used on Adam and Eve. What he does is a diversion tactic. He gets you to focus on the one thing that God has prohibited instead of focusing on all those other beautiful and wonderful things that God has provided. So all of those trees were in the garden, but the devil, Diabolus, Satanus, the accuser of the brethren, he got Eve to focus on the one tree that God did say that if you eat off of it, you will surely die. So when they ate off of the forbidden tree, what happened was death entered into the world. And beloved, death is a separation, but life is a continuation. It was never in God's plan for mankind not to have a continuation, which is life. But the devil uh, had a plan and a strategy so that mankind would have separation, which is death. And since that point on, we find three powerful things in human history, and I'll give them to you. Here they are. We find reconciliation, redemption, and relationship. If you can remember these three words, reconciliation, redemption, and relationship. So even though the man Adam Adam lived to be 930 years old, the Bible says that he died. Even though the Bible says Methuselah lived up to 969 years old, the Bible says that he died. And before the flood, the antediluvian period, before the flood, all of these great patriarchs lived hundreds and hundreds of years. But the Bible teaches and tells us uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 5 that they all died, which means that they all had an eternal destiny that they needed to make sure that they had a right relationship with God. So since that time onward, God implemented his strategy. God had a strategy, and God's strategy was to reconcile mankind back to him because in the Garden of Eden, mankind fell. They fell from God's original intent for mankind to live forever. So throughout the history of time, you find men like Noah, because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 5, uh, some powerful information about Noah. The Bible says that at that point of Noah's life, at the age of 500, that corruption existed on the earth. Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 5, the Bible says uh, these words. The Bible says, then the Lord uh, saw that, wicked, that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and watch this, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You see, brothers and sisters, beloved, on tonight, I need you to know that God always sees what we are doing. Uh, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. There is nothing that uh, God does not see. There's nothing that God does not observe. There's nothing that's done in the darkness that God won't bring to the marvelous light. Everything that we see, everything that we know that's going on, every dark uh, secret in your heart, God knows about it. Because the Bible said that the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth. And the Bible teaches and tells us that every thought of man's heart was only evil continually, so much so that God created and devised a plan and a strategy to destroy everybody on the face of the earth except for Noah and Noah's wife and Noah's three sons and their wives. Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 uh, and verse uh, number 8 that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, which tells us that God has the power to destroy any and everything on the earth if he sees fit, if he does not see any righteousness. And child of God on tonight, I want you to know 
that in God's strategy, God has always been trying to reconcile us. The word reconcile means to restore a favorable relationship. Did you hear that? The word reconcile means to restore a favorable relationship. So God went to the extreme lengths of using patriarchs like Adam and Seth and Noah. And after God destroyed the world through the waters of a flood, he gave uh, Noah a covenant saying that I would never destroy the world again through the waters of a flood. However, God gave the bowl to show us that that covenant, that ratified agreement with Noah and God is still in effect. And by the time God raised up a brother by the name of Abram, before God changed his name to Abraham, we find in the book of Genesis, roundabout chapter number 12, that God was intent on creating a people. God created a people for his own, and God wanted to have a relationship with his people where he taught them his laws and taught them his customs and taught them his statutes and taught them his ordinances. And God blessed the people of God through a man by the name of Abraham, and God made Abraham a promise. God told Abraham that in your seed, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed because God is devising a strategy through Adam's fall, Adam and Eve's fall in the garden. And God is trying to set up a strategy to get mankind back and restore the style to him. And every son that came from Abraham, God repeated the same promise that in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And brothers and sisters, Abraham had a son by the name of Isaac, and Isaac had a son by the name of Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons, which were the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of uh, Jacob's sons was by the name of Judah. But Judah comes into play after his other brother, Joseph, was in Egypt. And when Joseph was in Egypt, God used an elaborate plan from Genesis chapter 37 all the way down to Genesis chapter 50 to position the Hebrew family to survive the famine, because if the Hebrew family does not survive the famine, then God would not indeed come good on his promise. So he used Joseph to rise to prominence, and Joseph allowed his family to be saved because Joseph was second in command to the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. But after Joseph died, the Bible teaches and tells us that one of his brothers named Judah was carrying the seed that God had promised Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham, that all of the nations of the earth will be blessed by this seed. And, beloved, when you find, uh, as history goes on, you'll find that David came along generations later, and David was a man who was after God's own heart. He didn't perfect having God's heart, but he was after God's own heart. And David, through David's loins, 14 generations later came, uh, 48 generations later, rather, came forth Jesus Christ. Now, I want to show you something about this. Because now we're into the redemption. Because what God was trying to do from the beginning of Adam and Eve in the garden and the fall of mankind was reconcile his people back to him. But then he used Moses after he destroyed the world through Noah. But then he used Moses as a lawgiver because God then gave laws and punishment for sin because people continued to sin. But the thing about the law through Moses was the law was like a mirror. You know, beloved, your mirror can show you what's wrong with you, but your mirror does not have the power to fix it. 
And so what the law was was a schoolmaster. The law was written on the two tables of stone that God gave uh, to Moses on the Sinai Peninsula on Mount Sinai. And, but the people kept breaking God's laws. He gave them dietary laws. He gave them laws for sacrifices. But the people continued to sin. But I want you to know that God has always had a plan. And so by the time you get to John the Baptist and the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find that God sent a forerunner because there had been 400 silent years from the last prophetic book of Malachi, which is chronicled and coined in our Old Testament Hebrew Bible. And then now we have the New Testament, which is the Gospels. So there had been 400 years where the people of God had not yet had a prophetic word from one of God's prophets. But then the, the Bible teaches and tells us that John came along in Mark chapter number one, and John dressed funny. He had a crazy diet. He had a crazy way of dressing. He had a, uh, a camel's hair uh, around his waist, and he, his diet was wild honey and locusts. But John was an interesting individual because John was a prophecy himself because we find out that John's mother was a woman by the name of Elizabeth who had a baby by the name of John later on in life to show that when God wants to use a person, it does not matter how old you are. It does not matter what people say about you. If God wants to use you, can't nobody stop God from blessing you. So Elizabeth has a son by the name of John, and six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, her cousin Mary uh, had an angel by the name of Gabriel had that let her know that she was going to bear a child. But the problem was that she had never had sexual intercourse with a man before, even though she was in a uh, arranged marriage and she was betrothed to uh, a brother by the name of Joseph. The Bible teaches and tells us that she was going to have a baby, and this baby shall be called Emmanuel, because according to Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 21, he was going to save his people from their sin. So six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy, her cousin Mary uh, is told she is going to have a baby, and that baby is going to be a child uh, that's going to be the son of God. His name is Jesus Christ. What are you doing, God? I'm allowing Jesus to tiptoe into human history because God is trying to reconcile mankind back to him. Because I told you earlier, everybody in humanity needs love, forgiveness, grace, mercy, hope, and peace, and all of those things are found in Jesus Christ. Beloved, you're going to need some love because sometimes you feel like don't nobody love you. But I just want you to know that God loved you. This I know for the Bible tells us so. I know you know that because if God did not love you, he would have not sent the best that he had to die for the worst that he had. Aren't you glad tonight that God is in the wretch business because God saved some wretches like us? You're going to need forgiveness, beloved, because you've done some stuff in your life. And you're going to need some grace because you're going to need God's unmerited favor when you get stuff that you don't deserve. And when you are in a desperate, miserable situation, you're going to need some mercy because you're going to need God to eliminate your misery. But you can live for about uh, 40 days without food. You can live for about uh, 11 days without water, but you can't live one day without hope. You're going to need some hope, some anticipation that God is still going to bless you. And then you're going to need some peace. Peace does not mean that you don't have no problems. Peace means that you have so many problems that the world is insane around you, but you remain and keep your sanity when the world around you is insane. So peace is the absence of the disturbances that are going on around you. It means that all hell is breaking loose in your 
life, but you're confident in your God. You're faithful in your God. You know that God will never leave you, and God will never forsake you. You're going to need some peace and some hope, and all of those things are found in the person of Jesus Christ. But before God allowed Jesus to come in on the scene, after he was born, he sent John the Baptist to be the forerunner before Jesus because God knew that God needed to have a promoter somebody that would say something good about his son. You know, it's interesting, child of God, every now and then your congregation, your church, your body of Christ needs, we need people to say something good about the church. We need people to say something good about ministry. We need people to say something good about preachers. We need people to say something good about Jesus. We need people to say something good about the Bible, the word of God, because God has always used other people to promote because God has always had a strategy before or even bringing Jesus into human history. So we find Jesus, according to John chapter 1 and verse number 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That word uh, comes from the Greek term logos, which is where we get the English word logo. You know what a logo is. A logo embodies a concept. So when you see the logo, that logo represents what this concept is about when you think about Nike, you think about Ad Jordans, you think about uh, athletic apparel, when you think about Apple, you think about that logo, you think about computers and laptops and MacBooks and uh, iPhones and iPads, when you think about Starbucks, you see that logo, you think about this little green lady with the little uh, lines of green hair going through her, when you see a Mercedes Benz logo, you think about that car and how expensive it is and how the maintenance on it is so high, because logos help us think about the concept. And can I tell you that the word in the Old Testament was the written word. It was written down on paper. It was written down on tables of stone. It was written down on papyrus. It was written down on scrolls. And now in the New Testament, we have the living word. So the word that was uh, on paper in the Old Testament has now become flesh in Jesus. So Jesus is the embodiment of the concept of God because he is God in the flesh. And beloved, you're going to need Jesus in your life. You need Jesus right now in your life because you need to be redeemed because if you understand that this life is going to come to an end, even if you live to 100, even if you live to 105, even if you live to 110, even if you live to 120, at some point you are going to die. So what's going to happen when Jesus comes back? What's going to happen when you die? The only thing that's going to matter is whether or not you have been redeemed because, beloved, we all have sinned and we fall short. Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, we all fall short of the glory of God. So if you've sinned before, if you've look, looked, uh, lied, laughed, and lusted at something that uh, opposes the will of God, you, my friends, have sinned. And it doesn't matter how much you've given. It doesn't matter how much good you have done. Sin separates Sin separates us from relationship with God. So you need to be redeemed. The Bible t tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7 that we have been, the Ephesians had been redeemed. The word redeemed means to be bought back with a price. The word redeemed means to be bought back with a price. And I need you to understand that God sent Jesus Christ, and I really want you to hear this, to buy you back with a price. In order to have right relationship with God and be reconciled, restored to right relationship, beloved, you have to be redeemed. I don't know about you. I can give God glory tonight. 
that I've been redeemed. And I haven't been redeemed because I've been so good. I've been redeemed because Jesus has been so good and God has been so good and Holy Spirit has been so good. Beloved, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7, we find in him, referring to God, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Child of God, that is music to my ears because I have been bought back with the price. Most of you have saw the movie with Denzel, Man on Fire. And, and if you hadn't saw the movie, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you the ending. Pray for me. At the end, Denzel offers his life to a Mexican cartel that had kidnapped a young girl to whom he was in charge of guarding and protecting, but he lost her, and the Mexican cartel got her. But Denzel decided to make a deal with this Mexican cartel. He said, a life for a life. Denzel said, I'll give you my life for her life. And so what Denzel did was he, he traded himself for, for the girl, for the young girl, and he got the girl back, sent her to her mother, and then he went and he got with the Mexican cartel, and before they could do anything to him, he died. I'm sorry, I just had to give you a spoiler alert, but I want to use that illustration to get, prove a point to you. That's what Jesus did to us, because, beloved, as I get ready to close, I just need you to know that when we sin, there is punishment and penalty for sin. Every time you've lusted, every time you've lied, every time you've stolen, every time you've fornicated, every time you've committed adultery, whether that's in your mind or physically, every time you've drunk. Uh, and got drunk and every time you committed idolatry and all these different sins that we do amen on tonight then god is going to give you punishment but aren't you glad tonight that the reason why god did not punish you for the just punishment that we deserve is because god uh, used jesus to be a substitute for us so instead of us being on a cross, dying on a tree, Jesus stood on that cross and died and was crucified on the tree. And while you're seeing Jesus be humiliated and mocked and spat upon and whipped and shunned and uh, accused of blasphemy, and while Jesus is being ridiculed and beaten and tormented, he's doing it because Brian C. Jones sinned. He's doing it because Brother Butler sinned. He's doing it because of everybody who's ever lived outside of Jesus Christ has sinned. So when you see Jesus taking that torment and the mocking and the crown of thorns being placed into his head securely and the blood streaming down his sinless body, he is dying because I messed up. He's dying to out because I went to the club. He's dying because I said the wrong thing. He's dying because all of us have sinned. So if you don't understand the plot and the purpose of Jesus Christ, he, is, he was punished and wounded for our transgressions. Oh, beloved, can't you feel Jesus on tonight and what he did for us? He did something that nobody else could do for us. Even if somebody wanted to die for you, they couldn't die for you like Jesus because they sinned before, but Jesus never died. So God says, I will accept you and redeem you and, and use Jesus as the ransom and the payment to release you from your debt because Jesus paid your debt off. He paid your sin debt off. So everything that we should have had in terms of punishment went on Jesus. So all you have to do is believe that the Bible teaches and tells us that he hung, bled, and died. It was buried after he was crucified and died and gave up the ghost. That God had so much power that he raised Jesus from the dead after three days. And once you believe in that, beloved, you have to obey 
the teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. And it's good news that even though I've seen and I deserve death and hell, that God gives us good news that Jesus paid it all. He paid the price for us. He redeems us. And all we have to do is believe it, repent of sin, uh, confess Jesus, and we have to be willing to submit to baptism because that is God's strategy. That is God's process to eliminate our sins. And, beloved, if you do that, then you'll be in right relationship with Jesus Christ because the Bible says, as I close, in John chapter 1, in verse number 14, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried, saying, this, is, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for I existed before him. For, for of his fullness we have all received in grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ, beloved You're going to stand before God one day. We all will. But the question is, have we submitted to Jesus Christ? He's the best thing. God wants to reconcile you, to restore a favorable relationship. He's took all of the patriarchs, all of the prophets. He's took Moses to prove to us that we needed a Savior. He redeems us through Jesus Christ. All we need is not always answers. What we need is a relationship. You can get a relationship with Jesus Christ tonight, and I'm sure Brother Butler will give you the information shortly. Wherever you are, whoever you are, do not allow Jesus to come back. Finding you in a position, knowing you've sinned, knowing you need release from sin and forgiveness of sin, but you sat there with all those degrees on the wall. You got more degrees on your wall than a thermometer because there's only two people in this world. There are people who are guilty and forgiven and people who are guilty and unforgiven. You're too smart to stay guilty and be unforgiven. You get forgiven by giving your life to Jesus, making today be the best day of your life by saying, I'll do what Jesus says to do because I never met a man like Jesus who walks on water. He calls blinded eyes to see. He raised the dead. He allowed those who were hungry to have food that he miraculously created for them by breaking the bread and multiplying the fish. And, beloved, there's nobody like Jesus. If you don't know me, that's okay. You hadn't lost anything. But if you don't know Jesus, that's not okay because you've lost everything. Contact us tonight so that we can help facilitate the baptism process so that you can give your life according to Jesus, according to the scriptures, to live forever in eternity with him because he's coming back one day for his church, and you have to be in what Jesus is coming back to receive. May God bless you tonight. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific need. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at one 866 513 
or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. How can I walk with Jesus? How can I, mm, how can I, mm, yeah. How can I walk with Jesus? How can I, mm, how can I, mm, yeah. How can I walk with Jesus? How can I, mm, how can I, mm, yeah. How can I walk with Jesus? How can I, mm, how can I, mm, yeah. How can I walk with Jesus? How can I, mm, how can I, mm, yeah. How can I walk with Jesus? How can I, mm, how can I From the Lord Radio Show, the Community Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, the Community Corner is simply designed to tell our listeners just what products and services are being offered in our communities and how you can contact these various vendors for their services. Ladies and gentlemen, you'd be surprised to know just what products and services that people have to offer that are sitting right there among us in our congregations. This is one of my favorite segments because we get a chance to hear what are some of the things that people are doing around us to serve. In our communities, we've had people on this show who are uh, into financial services, legal services. We've had authors, uh, college consultants, professional boxers who are community activists. We've had NFL players, uh, casting producers, 
for television shows. We've had farmers, comedians, you name it. We've had them on this broadcast. And in our community corner this evening is Brian C. Jones. Like I said earlier in the broadcast, he's pulling double duty for us. Hey, brother, we certainly appreciate that fine message that you gave uh, in our first segment. Thank you so much, Brother Butler. Um, I want to thank you for allowing me to do the community corner on tonight as well. I'm excited to uh, tell uh, all of you listening tonight about my new book called The Art of Soul Winning, subtitled Seven Effective Strategies to Win Souls in the Social Media Age. Um, This book is designed to equip ministers, pastors, ministry leaders, and Christians of all ages with effective strategies that are conducive to saving lost souls in the age of technology and social media. I found this book to be uh, of the utmost importance. And for those who are preachers, for those who are ministry leaders, even Christians, if you go to a congregation of the body of Christ, everybody in your congregation, hear me, needs this book. Because if our churches are going to not only survive, but thrive now and in the years to come, we're going to need effective strategies because we are in a fight. And the devil has a strategy to blind us to the idea that we are truly in a fight. So what God had to do is send gospel preachers to help us remove the spiritual cataract that exists all over mankind's eyes, which has blinded mankind from the reality of our mortality. So this book is about being in a fight and having a strategy. The worst thing you could do, beloved, is be in a fight and have no strategy. God is a strategist. A strategy is a plan, pattern, process, policy, or procedure that you use to achieve a goal. And in 2020, 2021, 2022, Uh, These have been years of devastation, aggravation, agitation, but, yea, salvation and even creation. I decided in uh, last year to turn the pandemic into a plandemic because the Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse number 14 that life is nothing but a vapor. And we've seen 839,000 people die of COVID-19 as of January 9th. And 5.5 million people died worldwide. The question is, where did they go? All right? And so what we're finding is, is that there has been a shift. We now have to use all of the methods that we have available, such as social media, such as a blog talk radio. And we have to begin the process of changing. Now, for Christians, change is not a curse word. Change is a covenant word. Change is a Christian word. And the Bible tells us, Jesus told his disciples in Mark 16 and verse 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. When he says go, he was instructing us with vocation. When he says to all the world, he's given us a location. When he says preach, he's requiring us to use proclamation. When he says the gospel, he's given us education. When he says to all creation, he's trying to help us understand the gospel's destination. God is trying to use you to save a soul. One conversation, one Bible study one uh, church invite, one social media link, 
one YouTube broadcast, one visit to Blog Talk Radio could be the difference in the person hearing the gospel, giving their life to Jesus. So when they die, Christ comes back. They'll be able to live in eternity with him. In my book, I offer seven effective strategies that I have used for over a decade to save hundreds of souls. I've taught this to my ministry leaders. I've taught this to Christians. I've been baptizing people for years. And in this current Christian climate, we need effective strategies for the too many churches of Christ that are closing their doors. There's too many leadership that do not have a strategy. Beloved child of God, if you're going to do anything in this Christian world as a child of God, you need a strategy. If you want to revitalize your congregation, if you want to revitalize the gospel of Jesus Christ in your city, if you want to make your, your church vibrant, you need this book called The Art of Soul Winning by yours truly. All you have to do is go to my website, www.briancjones.com. Brian is spelled B-R-Y-A-N, uh, middle initial C, Jones. Go to my website. The book is $15. I want you to get a copy of it. Even if you don't want to read it for yourself, I want you to buy a copy. Give it to your preacher. Give, give it to your ministry leaders. Give it to your elders. Give it to your deacons. If we could get the, this book and this information into the heart of Christians who care about the souls of humanity, we can change this world and eradicate some of the sin that exists in this world by making people Christians even on today. May God bless you. Thank you, brother. I tell you, you are a very effective communicator because you answered all my questions. I don't even have a question. <laughs> all right. I, all right. I Praise God. Appreciate, I certainly appreciate your efforts on the broadcast this evening. Thank you for joining us in Thank the community you. corner. Thank you, bro, for having me. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for my co-host after the break, Isa Mullins. He has a lesson from the Word of God. Stay tuned. What a word from the Lord. Radio show. The Community Corner. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. And if you miss me from singing, singing. and you can't find me nowhere, come on up to glory. Glory. I'll be singing the best. Yes, I will.
What a word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Isa Mullins, and his subject. Yes, Lord. Praise the Lord and thank everyone right now for tuning in to uh, this lesson I want to thank Brother uh, Steve Butler for this evening for giving me the opportunity to share a, a bit of the Word of God with you tonight. The topic of my lesson tonight, as, as he's aforementioned, is Yes, Lord. Our scripture basis tonight will be taken from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verse number 7 through 11. Once again, 1 Samuel, chapter 3. 7 through 11, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. And it reads, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. Now, to put this in modern terms, 
basically what was going on is that Samuel was hearing the voice of the Lord, which had not spoken in a long time, and he had not have that had the ability to understand who he was who was calling him who he was talking to so he went and got someone who was wiser than he was and asked him a question of who is calling me i don't understand the the voice i i don't understand what's going on and the eli he told him to calm down i it's, more, it's not me, so you and I are the only ones here, so it has to be the Lord. And when the Lord calls you this time, I want you to say, Lord, here I am. Yes, Lord. Basically, my brothers and sisters, he was saying, yes, Lord. Today in society, we have been saying yes to so many, many things. When you ask most people, are you tired, they answer yes. If you ask someone today, do they need or do they want more money, and the answer is yes. You ask someone, are you tired of your job, or are you tired of your supervisor, or are you tired of your coworkers, and the answer is always going to be yes. You ask someone, do you want better leadership in the government, and the answer is yes. Do you want equality? Do you want to be heard? Do you need security? Do you want better health? And the answer is always and always again a resounding yes. Out of all these yes answers, has anyone stopped for a moment and said yes to God? Running this race on earth has caused us to focus on the finite and not the infinite. We try and we try to pay this bill and to stretch this dollar and to attend this seminar, to take this pill, and we still are no more closer to a true sense, a true peace of mind. My brothers and sisters, how many times have you laid in your bed imagining what tomorrow's troubles are going to bring? Imagining the drive and imagining the stress that awaits you at your employment. Instead of saying yes to stress, why can't we say yes to the Lord? Let us turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 through 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 through 5. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. My brothers and my sisters, we go to bed tired and we wake up tired because we never even rested. First Corinthians tells me that even though we walk in the flesh, that we do not war with the flesh, 
But we are to throw down every thought in our mind that causes us to fear. My Bible tells me about the peace that passes all understanding, and that means I cannot make you understand why my troubles don't break me down. I can't spend enough time telling you how bills can't break God's will. My tears are not caused by my fears, but understanding that by saying simply, yes, Lord, the enemy's yoke is broken. Saying yes, Lord, means I know my limitations, but I understand who the captain of the ship is. Let's turn quickly to John chapter 5 and read two, verses 2 through 9. John chapter 5, verses number 2 through 9. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into that pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. This scenario may puzzle some people because this man was lame for 38 years and not whole and was at a place of healing but could not make it into the healing waters. Now, here comes Jesus approaching this man and asked him a strange question. Do you want to be healed? Some of us have been suffering for 38, 48, 58, 68 years, but still not ready to be healed. And you say, no, 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 definitely this is not me. I want to be healed. I do not want to be stressed anymore. I do not want these addictions anymore. I am tired of going through these cycles over and over and over again. But have you said, yes, Lord? Matthew chapter 11 and 28 to 30 simply says, come unto me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. John 16:33 says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. John 14 and 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace 
I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Romans 5 and chapter 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Second Thessalonians 3 and 16 tells me, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. First Corinthians chapter 14 and 33 says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Peace, my child. I thought I walked this earth alone, beneath my burdens bowed, until I found I could not bear their weight and cried aloud. And echoing through the darkness that had framed my solitude, I heard my cries first soft and low, then gaining magnitude. I prayed for peace within my soul, deliverance from the night. And finally in the distance I beheld a flickering light. The light grew strong and stronger still till it enveloped me. The rays were warm and comforting. I felt my anguish flee. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. For I have known and loved you long before this world was made. Peace I leave with you. My peace I would to you impart. And ye shall seek and find me. When you search with all your heart, the voice spake from deep within. I felt his calm overtake me. With newfound faith, I knew at last my heart would not forsake me. From this day forth, I'll walk with God, my Savior by my side. Alone no more, his helping hand will ever be my guide. Susan Noyes Anderson. My brothers and my sisters, is there anyone on this line tonight that is ready to say, yes, Lord? Are you ready to let God assail your fears and let him take control? I do not know when this pandemic will end, but I still say, yes, Lord. I wish men and I wish women would stop killing each other, but I still say, yes, Lord. Our children need a better education and parents willing to be Christian parents. But I still say, yes, Lord. Men need to be men and women need to be women. My God makes no mistakes. Can somebody say, yes, Lord? Instead of hate and mistrust, we need love and forgiveness. But it comes from saying, yes, Lord. My Bible tells me that in order to experience this peace, I have to say, yes, Lord. In order to say, yes, Lord, tonight, you must first hear the gospel, Romans ten seventeen, John eight thirty two. You must believe the gospel, Hebrews 11 and 6, John 20 and 31. You must repent of past sins, Luke 13 and 3, Acts 17 and 30. Confess faith. In Jesus Christ, Romans 10 and 10, Matthew 10 and 32. Be baptized, Galatians chapter 3 and 27, Mark 16 and 16, and Acts 
2.38, you must finally be faithful unto death. Revelations chapter 2 and verse number 10. My brothers and my sisters everywhere tonight, God has done his part. Will you do yours? Instead of saying no to God and saying yes to your stress and saying yes to carnality, will you tonight take God's hand and say forever, yes, Lord? Thank you, and may God have a blessing unto the hearers and the doers of this word. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Thinking about what you've done for me in my life, I just want to say what you really mean to me. You're my everything, my joy and peace. You're the reason why I sing. Lord, I don't deserve anything you've given me, so I just gotta say thank you. Whoa, what's nice with your love and grace, so I just gotta tell you this.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my speakers on the program tonight, my special guest speaker, Brian C. Jones, from the Newberg Church of Christ there in Louisville, Kentucky. Outstanding job tonight. He, he pulled double duty tonight. He also had a new book he was talking about in the community corner, so I certainly appreciate his efforts on the show tonight. And also my co-host, Isa Mullins. That brother preached tonight, didn't he? Oh, yes, he did. I certainly appreciate his efforts on the broadcast as well. It's my prayer, ladies and gentlemen, that the lessons that were presented on this broadcast tonight have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuned into this radio show, but you're giving yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and may bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. On behalf of my co-hosts, Isa Mullen, Shana Otis, and Lou Gibbons, and Kelly Fletcher, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. I'm your host, Steve R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. I know, Lord, I know the Lord, He'll take care, He'll take care, take care of me. Oh, yeah, yes, He will.